Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, where we seek to equip the church to understand and live out its faith. I'm your host, Stephen Dew. I'm the preaching pastor at South Caraway Baptist Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas. We want to thank you for joining us today, and let's get right to today's episode. Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, where we are going to sound the alarm again. We are going to sound the alarm when it comes to false teachers, because there are so many people that are out there listening to these false teachers that should not be listening to them, and we want to be able to let you know who not to listen to, so you can let your friends know who not to listen to, your family know who not to listen to, and just know that they're going to lead you into... Uh, a false doctrine, a false theology. And this is something that I have wanted to do is, is sounding the alarm with these false teachers so that you don't find yourself mixed up in the wrong crowd when it comes to theologians. You need to be able to hear and know who's who, who says what, and who says what right from a biblical perspective. We always want to measure everything that people say with the Word of God. So if they're going to say it in the name of God, we want to measure it with the Word of God, which is the standard for truth when it comes to truth. So uh, I hope you measure everything through the lens of Scripture. That's watching movies. That's listening to music. That's anything you do throughout your daily basis, throughout your daily life on a daily basis. Measure everything through the lens of Scripture because that's what's really going to matter. We really need to be able to look at things from a theological lens through the lens of Scripture itself. Now, we need to understand and know also that Scripture is the final authority of all things in our life. We know all things in, in life and in death. We find everything that we need to know as believers in the Scriptures. So when we hear somebody, when we see a movie, when we hear a song, we must... Put that against the standard of Scripture. And that's what we're going to do here on Sound the Alarm. If you were listening to the, I think there's two episodes out now. There's one about Kenneth Copeland. You should not listen to him. He's a heretic. And let me just say this. Recently, he has been uh, congratulated and thanked. And people saying, I owe uh, Kenneth Copeland a big apology because he lended his planes for Glenn Beck to fly to Afghanistan and rescue Christians from that country. Now, that's great humanitarian work. That's great for, for him to do that as a, a person. But the Bible teaches us that if anybody teaches a different gospel, let them be accursed. Kenneth Copeland teaches a false gospel, and the Bible says, let him be accursed. In other words, let him go to hell. And if he does not repent of his sin and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, that is exactly what's going to happen to Kenneth Copeland. So, yes, he's done great things with his plane, uh, but good works don't get us into the kingdom of God. So, still mark and avoid Kenneth Copeland. And also, uh, the, the second episode of Sounding the Alarm was um, some lady from Bethel, uh, out of Bethel Church, that she's now a... a um, a counselor, and we talked about her testimony and how Jesus crawled in bed with her and played with her hair, and uh, she is sticking to that testimony. It was something that you just need to mark and avoid. You need to mark and avoid Bethel, Jesus Culture, Hillsong United, Stephen Furtick and Elevation Church and Elevation Worship. We're going to get through those two. We're going to talk about Stephen Furtick on this podcast and sounding the alarm when it comes to 
him as well because so many people have listened to him and uh, are just kind of hoodwinked when it comes to Stephen Furtick because he's a good speaker, good communicator, and they have kind of been, people are enamored by who he is in his speech and the way that he talks and communicates. So uh, we're going to tell you to mark and avoid Stephen Furtick as well. So uh, we're going to have some time where we get through all of these different types of people and these different teachings because we need you to know that this is something that is not okay when it comes to the Word of God. Uh, we're going to measure it to the Word of God. And tonight, what we're going to do on this episode of the Dr. Matters Podcast, and I've been telling you for a while now, we're going to listen to Jesse Duplantis. And if you know anything about Jesse Duplantis, he's from down around close to, uh, I think close to New Orleans is where his ministry is down in Louisiana. And he's got that that southern Louisiana charm. You'll hear him when he speaks. He, he He's a good communicator as well. However, he does not communicate truth from the Bible. And this uh, sermon, if you will, I want to call it that, uh, air quotes, sermon, if you want to call it a sermon, what we're going to listen to tonight is actually from the city in which I live and where I pastor. He came to Jonesboro, Arkansas couple of years ago to a church called Awaken Church, and uh, this church is one of those that just have all kinds of issues as well, but uh, we may venture into that, maybe not, I don't know. But uh, yeah, he came to Jonesboro, Arkansas, and the title of the sermon, again, sermon in quotes, air quotes, if you will, is Dream Big. I listened to this sermon just the other day, and I couldn't believe some of the things that he said. So I know that many people listen to Jesse Duplantis and they find him to be very charismatic, very easy to listen to. He's funny. Uh, he is a funny guy. And uh, that is something that uh, uh, people get enamored with, but then they hear the wrong theology when it comes to the word. So uh, without further ado, let's not labor any longer. Let me share the screen here. And then uh, that's Chad Gonzalez and his wife. Uh, he is, the, well, they are the quote-unquote co-pastors of Awaken Church here in Jonesboro, Arkansas. And he's about to introduce Jesse Duplantis to the stage. And uh, then we're going to listen to this sermon. And uh, I will stop and make some statements along the way so we can hear what he says. And then we're going we're gonna to measure it up to the scriptures. So... Uh, let's begin. This is, again, Jesse Duplantis at Awaken Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas, a couple of years ago, and uh, let's let's get into it. I am so honored, so privileged we all are to have some special guests with us that came all the way from New Orleans. And so I just want you to stand up, and let's give a great warm welcome and honor Dr. Jesse and Miss Kathy Duplantis. And I can't tell you how excited Jesse and I are to be here in this place. God has arranged this meeting. I believe this is a divine connection, and I believe that God has brought you here tonight also, and we're going to share in the blessing of what God wants in this place. Let me stop here, and I want you to hear her say they, this is a divine appointment. She believes, this is Jesse Duplantis' wife, by the way, Kathy, I believe is her name, but uh, she says, we believe that God has you here for a reason. Now, if you know anything about this channel, if you know anything about me, you know that I believe in the sovereignty of God. I believe that God is in, in control of all things. He reigns supreme. And yes, I would say that there are divine appointments, that God has people in the places where he wants them, when he wants them, and it's all according to his sovereign will and divine plan. 
So that's important as we move forward through this sermon to hear her say that they believe this is a divine appointment by God and uh, that he has got them there for a reason. Let's, uh, let's, let's go ahead and keep listening. Amen. We just came to join in with you and love on Jesus and, and see him, his word lifted up today. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, God bless you. Give my wife a hand clap. That's Kathy Duplantis. God is so good. And when Kathy told me about this, I began to pray about it. And she said, Kathy, Jesse, you ought to go over there. I said, Kathy, I am preaching. I think this is my eighth or ninth time I'm preaching, starting from last Sunday. I just got back from uh, Andrew Womack's doing his, uh, uh, what was that? The dedication. Andrew Womack is a heretic as well. Mark and avoid Andrew Womack. We, we will get into him as well eventually. Vacation, me and Kenneth Copeland, and then running all over the country, all over the world, and coming. And then tomorrow, I do. I guess I do television. I think Caleb want me to do something on this week or whatever. And then uh, Thursday, I go to another place, get back Friday, and then where I go? I go to South Carolina, and uh, Monday is the rapture. <laughs> Wouldn't y'all like to have that? Wouldn't that be nice? I love the rapture. Some people don't have a man to me. I don't believe in the rapture. I said, stay here. <laughs> Jesse going out on the first load. If Jesse hasn't repented of his sin and believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, the true God of the Bible, the true Jesus of the Bible, then Jesse's going nowhere but the judgment seat and then cast into hell for eternity. That is important. So I want you to listen during this, and you may say, how do you know he's not saved? Well, he is teaching at a church he's never been before, to people he's never seen, people he does not know. Let's listen to see if we hear the gospel message. Let's see how long it takes for him to say, open your Bibles. Let's see where he's going to turn in the Bible. Let's see how he's going to use the scripture. If he is going to interpret scripture the way God intended it, and by letting scripture interpret scripture, or is he going to use what he thinks it means and then twist scripture to fit his narrative? We'll see. Uh, so just listen to those things. And if you know the gospel, there needs to be some words like repent, believe, um, sacrifice, sinless life, uh, the great exchange. You don't have to say the great exchange in that, but uh, Jesus takes on the sins of many. And uh, when we repent of our sin and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, we receive his righteousness. Just different things like that when it comes to the gospel. We need to hear the bad news that we are sinners separated from God, that we are at war with God, that there is no one that does good, no, not one, Romans 3. We need to hear bad news about who we are and our standing before God and then what Christ has done on our behalf. And if we repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, we now uh, are underneath this divine uh, sovereign will of God that has called us out of darkness and into his light. We have been set apart and we are now his as we have been adopted into the family. So let's just listen for some of this uh, as we move forward. It's just such a blessing of the Lord. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Luke chapter 5. That's in the New Testament for you people that don't read the Bible. Let me just say this, and I hate to, I'm stopping again, but this has been very much edited so much all the way through. So it's about 30 minutes, uh, 28 minutes worth of sermon, and I don't know how long it's been how long it was overall, but there was a quick edit just there, so I don't know how long he talked. They're fitting in this into about a 30-minute uh, TV episode, so uh, a lot of edits as they go along. So if there wasn't edits, I don't know how long it would have been before he said, open your Bible, but he's saying, open the Bible. Let's see where he said. The Bible said in Luke chapter 5, verse 1, it came to pass. That's my favorite phrase. But just, did it come to pass? It did, yes. 
And it came to pass that the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God. He stood by the lake of Gazenaret and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were going out of them and were washing their nets. No, the word nets means plural. Some translations say net, and that's wrong because the original says nets, plural. He entered into one of the ships, which was Simon, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. Now, Jesus knew something about acoustics. He knew if he could get on the water and start talking, the water would elevate his voice and push his voice forward. Well, he's a creator. He knows what's going on. Let me read that verse again. That is true. I will give Jesse that. He went out onto the water a little bit, and, and the way that uh, he got out on the water, it created this echo, this almost like this natural microphone. So uh, something me and Jesse agree on there. I believe that's true. As a matter of fact, uh, I've been teaching through the book of Luke on Sunday mornings at my church, and uh, we just happened uh, a few weeks ago go through this text. So we'll see if Jesse's uh, explanation of the text is anything like what I believe the, the text is teaching us. He entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep. Let down your nets for a catch. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their nets singular broke. You see, your apparatus cannot handle the blessing God wants to give you. Oh, you, you can't, I mean, you're trying to use something in an intellectual way. That's intellectual activity. That's range and research. That's induction and reasoning. No, no, no. God just said, let down the nets. Oh, man, my, my, my God damn, I know how to fish. I'm a professional fisherman. You're a carpenter. I've been out here all night. Ain't nothing in there. It's not the right time to fish. It's not the right time to give, Lord. It's not the right time to build in Johnboro. You just can't do that. Jesus is looking at him. So he, he lies. He says, he ain't going to know what's going on. We ain't going to catch nothing. So he drops the net. Now watch it. Fish flying everywhere. The net broke. Let me say it again. You see, your apparatus cannot handle the blessing God wants to give you. He wants to give you 30, 60, 100, fold, and 1,000 times. What you're trying to believe God is to get it back. Let me go ahead and tell you, Luke chapter 5, when Jesus told them to drop the nets, they were fishing out all night, just like he said, uh, but... This is not to teach us about us. This is to teach us who Jesus is. Luke is pointing to Jesus and putting Jesus on display. Not us, not what our apparatus, whatever that is, uh, can hold what he wants to give us. This text is not about us. This text is about Christ. This text is about how his miracles, how the authority that he has when he speaks, how all of these things come together to show us who he is. And then I don't think he, he may get there. I'm not sure. I can't remember. But uh, we're actually going to see where Peter is going to say, get away from me. I'm a sinner. You are a holy person, and I, I don't deserve to be in the same place as you. This is not about our apparatus being able to hold all the blessings that God wants to give to us. This passage is about Jesus. And that is not where Jesse Duplantis is heading. If you could just get even, you'd be fine. Notice that. I mean, the net break. Now, this is in front of everybody. Look at the next verse. Lord, This verse 7 is one of the greatest verses in the Bible. They beckoned unto their partners. Now we've got a fishing business going on here, which we're in the other ship. Now we've got two boats that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so they began to sink. 
Now, everything, this is a boatload sinking blessing of God. When everybody thought there was no fish, God's not moved by your thoughts. You are. He's moved by his word. Look at this. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knee. He said, depart from me, for I am a sinful man. Oh, Lord, he just got caught. He disobeyed Jesus by putting down that one net. Why? For he was astonished and all that were with him at the catch of the fishes which they had taken. Verse 10. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. Everybody look at me. The problem with the church world, we've become keepers of aquariums instead of fishers of men. See, we like to keep our aquarium. We might make it a little big or something. Like, well, you know, let's don't get crazy with this thing. Why not? So you become a keeper of aquarium. You keep a goldfish in a little bowl, young man, it's only going to stay that long. You stick it in a big pond, that fish will get that big if you give him time to grow. That is a scientific fact. Do you see? But we keep us of aquarium. Well, let's don't, don't get crazy with that. I just can't understand why that Chad Lucifer want to buy that place and do all that kind of stuff. Well, have you ever thought God spoke to them? Now watch this. In verse 7, the partners are coming over there to help Peter with his blessing. Because the net's breaking and the ship's sinking. But something happens to them. Their net breaks, their ship sinks. Wait a minute. Jesus never said a word to his partners. But because Peter was associated with Jesus, and Peter was associated with uh, his two partners, the two partners got the same blessing that Peter got, and Jesus never said a word to them. See, increase is not an accident, it's association. Just because you've hooked up with me, you better get ready, you're going to get blessed. I am one rich puppy here. You understand what I'm saying? Just because you've hooked up with me, you better get ready. You're going to get blessed because I am one rich puppy. He is saying that the, the other disciples there experienced the blessing that Peter got because they were around Peter. Now, he is using that to say that Chad, the pastor of Awakened Church, and again, pastor in uh, air quotes, pastor of Awakened Church is going to be blessed now because he's associated with Jesse Duplantis. And let me tell you, there was a part one to this, and it seemed like Jesse Duplantis had no clue about Jonesboro, Arkansas. His wife set all of this up, and it almost seemed like he didn't even want to come. But now he's here, and he's using this story out of context, and he's saying because Peter got the blessing, so did James and John, just because they were associated with Peter. Now, Chad Gonzalez and Awaken Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas, are going to get a huge blessing just because they are associated now with Jesse Duplantis. And then, if that wasn't awful enough for your ears, he goes on to say, I am one rich puppy. This is a quote-unquote pastor. There's no pulpit, so I can't say from the pulpit, but from the platform, from the stage, telling everybody he's one rich puppy and that if you associate with him, then you will be rich as well. I also need to say this. In the part one of this Dream Big uh, TV series that they did, they talked about how uh, this church sent a whole big offering to sow into the ministry of 
Jesse Duplantis, and then because they did that, somehow now they're debt-free and uh, they received a lot of money and all that. But that's not the case. That's not the reason. But they they sewed into this ministry. So now uh, there was also a time where he said, it was a pretty big check, too, is what uh, Jesse Duplantis said. So apparently they sent a pretty large check into his ministry. He had no clue he was coming. His wife set it all up. He's here. Now they're associated with Jesse Duplantis. They're going to get rich because he's one rich puppy. We get all that from Luke chapter 5, by the way, according to to Jesse Duplantis, which is not the context of Luke chapter 5. It has nothing to do with being rich. It has everything to do with Christ and who he is. Now that might freak you out, but it doesn't make no difference. The blessing of the Lord that make it rich. Satan ain't making you rich. It's a four-letter word. You can say it. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. But he's not preaching good because the Bible isn't about us being physically rich. The Bible is about us in Christ being spiritually rich because we are totally bankrupt spiritually apart from Christ. You can be as rich as you want to be, but without Christ, you're bankrupt. You have nothing. And he's teaching physical riches. He's teaching material things when he ought to be teaching the spiritualness and the abundant life that is in Christ. And those are spiritual things of becoming knowledgeable and, and gracious and holy and all of these things, yet he is teaching and quote-unquote preaching this prosperity gospel about being rich. And he says it's a four-letter word you can say. It's okay to say it in church because uh, the, the blessing of the Lord is upon him. He didn't get rich from Satan. He got rich from God. What are you going to do with the money? I'm going to preach the gospel all over the world. Do you understand that? That's what it's all about, ladies and gentlemen. When you With money? Does he have to have all that money to preach the gospel all over the world? I guess that's why he needed a $54 million jet to justify all going all over the place. I, the gospel does not need a price tag on it. Matter of fact, people have lost their lives for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They've lost homes. They've lost family members. They've lost things. They've counted the cost. And because they followed Christ and truly surrendered to him, they have lost almost everything and in many cases their life and Jesse Duplantis says because I have all this money I'm going all over the world and I'm gonna preach the gospel he could preach the gospel without all of that money you understand when you get connected to believe the unbelievable receive the impossible because it's doable you understand what I mean? it's doable I've had preachers big ones they said put your hands on my head and just rub just everything you touch just gets blessed why I believe it Put your hands on my head, Jesse, and just rub so they can get rich, so he can transfer wealth in some sort of transcendent, elusive way that's weird. This is coming from a platform inside of a quote-unquote church. No gospel. No, you are a wretched sinner in need of a great and mighty, powerful Savior. Only get rich, associate with the rich, rub my head, do whatever you got to do. This is, oh my goodness. Not so I can get stuff. I've never bought anything that didn't get old. Even I'm getting old. Look at his face. See how loose that is? Don't laugh. Yours is too. You should have seen me when I was young. Oh Lord, I was good. I'd have married myself. I had a body check. I had a six-pack. I got a keg now. But I had a six-pack. Oh, Lord Jesus. 
I think Jesse Duplantis should have been a stand-up comedian because it seems like that's more his style because he's not teaching the true gospel of Jesus Christ. It's, this is a funny man standing up here uh, just boasting about his riches and telling funny jokes and taking the scriptures out of context. So maybe he should have been a stand-up comedian, not a pastor. He's not a pastor. This is false gospel. This is a false teaching. This man should be marked and avoided. Listen, this is a faith church. I'm preaching by faith. Y'all got to believe this. When you understand that Jesus never said a word to Peter's partners. He only spoke to Peter. But because Peter was connected with him, Peter connected with the partners, the partners got the same blessing. I tell all you people that support my ministry monthly. He also tells Peter that he's going to build the church on this rock. Here we go, his partners that give monthly. We're not into repentance and faith either. Oh, 10 minutes in, no repentance, faith, script, taking the scriptures out of context. Money, money, money. Hook up with me, you get the blessing. All of my partners, let's see what he has to say. When I get blessed, you get blessed. I know people that have not been blessed when he gets blessed. I know people who have lost nearly everything because they've given to ministries like Jesse Duplantis and others. They got blessed. They got richer. They got nothing. Poor health. Losing the bank account. Family members committing suicide. You name it. They didn't get blessed. Everything went downhill. This is dangerous. This is very dangerous. Why? It's on me. You're going to get it too, baby. Mark my words. Why? Because that word is going to, whether it's financial, whether it's spiritual, or whether it's physical, it's going to cut across. You see, you got to understand this about God, what he did with us. In the book of Exodus chapter 23, there's a verse 21 that'll blow your socks off. God said, I'm going to send an angel out. You don't provoke that angel. Oh, because he will not forgive your transgression. Every commentary, every uh, sage, every rabbi says that was God. Or they didn't believe in the Trinity, but even the Christian people said that was Jesus. Why is it? And, and the reason why you didn't say that to him, because God said, because my name is in him. Oh, whoa, whoa. That's God himself in the form of Jesus. In the form of, see, when you got born again, let me help you, Jesus. When you got born again, he put his name in you. You. Let's take a look at the scriptures here real quick. When you got born again, he put his name in you. Um, I have an idea of what he's saying here, but let's just say, let's just say what the Bible says. I, I think that's our, our best bet when we see what the Bible says. Um, let's see. Let's just start at verse 7 of Ephesians chapter 1. In him, which is Jesus Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace that he richly poured out on us with all wisdom and understanding. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure that he purposed in Christ as a plan for the right time to bring everything together in Christ, both things in heaven and things on earth in him. In him, we also have received an inheritance because we were predestined according to the plan of the one who works out everything in agreement with the purpose of his will, 
so that we who had already put our hope in Christ might bring praise to his glory. So when you become a Christian, listen to what is put in you. In him, you also were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, which happens to be a he, uh, not a they, them, she, or shim. This is a he, Holy Spirit, not a just a name, but the Holy Spirit. In him, you also were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you believed. The Holy Spirit is the down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the possession to the praise of his glorious glory. To the praise of his glory, not glorious glory. To the praise of his glory. So we get the Holy Spirit as a believer. When we were born again, we have the Holy Spirit deposited deposited in us. So the Holy Spirit lives in us, working. It's active. He's active. Let me say it that way, not it's. It's a he. He's active, convicting of sin, uh, pleading and interceding on our behalf, and we don't know what to pray. Uh, so He helps us. He comforts us, brings us peace. So many things the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit is greater than just a name. The Holy Spirit is God living in us in the form of the third person of the Trinity, not just a name. Maybe he'll clarify it, maybe not. Let's see. Walking around with eternity in you. You're walking around with power. It's the, we just seen that we have obtained an inheritance, which is that eternity. We don't walk around with eternity in us. We walk around with God in us until we get to that day, that day of eternity. The Holy Spirit is a down payment until we receive the full inheritance of eternity in glory with Christ. We don't walk around with eternity. We walk around with the Holy Spirit. The power of eternity to use the name of Jesus. My God, you can create your future by your mouth, not by what the world says. Four people. I just happened to stop it right here. One, two, three, four people that are leaned in, listening very intently. And he just said, you have the power of your future in your mouth. You get to determine what your future is. That is very, we got to be very careful. We cannot determine our future. Matter of fact, let me, uh, let me turn it to the book of Proverbs here. And if you've got your copy of God's word, you can go ahead and turn there with me. Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 16, this is very clear, and we're going to see this, that the power of our words and our mouth cannot dictate our future simply because of the word of God. And if we believe it to be true, we have to understand this. 16.3, commit your activities to the Lord and your plans will be established. Uh, let's go to 16.9. A person's heart plans his way. So our future can be planned by our heart and our desires and our intentions and what we want to do. But there's a big word there, but, that separates the two. Yes, we plan our way. We may want some things in the future. We may want to do some things. Maybe you're a, a, a small family. Maybe you want to have kids one day. In the future, you plan that. And you're planning to have a new home, maybe. Uh, getting a new car. Maybe you plan on some other big life change. Getting a new job. Whatever the case may be, you plan on getting a, a raise or a promotion at work. But listen, when it says, but, here in 16.9, it separates your plans. And then it says, but the Lord determines his steps. 
You can speak all you want to into your future, but God in the providence of his will is going to direct your steps the way he would want you to go and have you go that he has already mapped out from eternity past as he has decreed before the world began your steps will be established by the lord regardless of what your plans are many of us can say well i've made plans to do this and then it all changed and i did this we can look back on that and see if you're a believer that that was the providence of god leading you in the way that he would have you go not in the way that you would have you go many times we think we know what's best for us when really god is the one that knows best so we must trust his providence and his steps although it's okay to make plans when those plans change we have to believe that they are established those steps are established by god so no matter what we speak into our future we have to understand that god is going to establish our steps to go towards where we would like to go or a whole different direction but it's going to be in god's providence that we go if we're believers especially we have to understand that god is in control of all things not us not man and we got to be real careful who we listen to because he is getting close to saying something that is very very frustrating and can be very detrimental to Anybody that may be new in the faith or maybe uh, just hearing these things for the first time, it just throws them off completely because it's not going to be biblical. You will see. It makes no difference what they say because your, his name is in you. So notice this. They got blessed simply being associated with Peter because Jesus was associated with him. We get people debt free all over at our church and think they come up to me and they say, but just we came here nine months ago broke as a junkyard dog. We don't know how we, how'd you get out of that? Well, we did a lot of work. I don't know because it happened so fast. But you see, I don't put my faith in the future. Your faith was not made for the future. It has the ability to create a future, but it's not supposed to do that. Your faith is for the now. Now faith is. The church don't preach that. They preach is faith now. No, now faith is see when you understand that then you'll understand this right write this down if you're taking notes you'll be blessed god has a longing in his heart to lift mankind to a higher level see god's got a long i just want to bless my kids jesse i know so your future increase is determined in proportion to your faith what is your faith faith the size of a mustard seed now that'll blow a mountain into the sea how much does it take to get rid of cancer a mountain trillions of tons of rock about the a mustard seeds about the size of a bit off fingernail and all you got to do is get rid of cancer all you have to do is get rid of cancer why are these prosperity faith healer people not going to hospitals where people are getting chemo and and dying of cancer why are they not going to these hospitals to do this it blows my mind you see, you climb the cancer mountain instead of dissolving the cancer mountain. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Listen to me. Again, he's not preaching good. And God want to take you home. No, he won't take you home. That's why he sent you here. One preacher told me, he said, well, I'll tell you one thing, Reverend Planner. I thought, oh, here we go. He said, you know, God owns it all. I said, no, he don't. He said, what you say? I said, no, he don't. Yes, he does. No, he don't. I said, because if he owned it all, you'd have no seed to sow. Careful that God doesn't own it all. Everything is under his rule and reign. He owns cattle on a thousand hills. He's fixing to say something even worse. 
Let it hit for me. Y'all going. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, he doesn't not. own it all. He's giving you this planet. Well, you know, God's in control. No, he's not. Look at his face right here if you're watching on YouTube. No, he's not in control of all things. He is very adamant that he is not in control of all things right here. He says that God has given man the planet, that it's ours. We are able to walk on this planet. We are able to enjoy this planet, but it is not ours. It belongs to God. We didn't create this planet. He did. Let us live on it for a short time, but it's all going to burn up in the end because that's what the scriptures say, and there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, and that is all by God's design. He's going to destroy the one that he created already. Man's not going to do that. Now, the government will try to tell you that we're trying to destroy America and the world by uh, climate and, and having pollution and a carbon footprint and all that stuff. But we are not in control of what's happening in this planet or on this planet. God owns this planet. He rules over this planet. This is a very, very dangerous man that we are listening to, especially when he gets into things like he's saying right now that God is not in control of all things. And a matter of fact, uh, his little protege or little little buddy here, um, Pastor Chad Gonzalez, had, did a video I think shortly after this, basically saying the same thing that God is not in control of all things. Now I, I don't know uh, about what they're thinking in that i don't understand how they obviously i think they believe that we have a free autonomous will and that is not taught in the new testament that's not taught in the bible at all our will is even is either enslaved to sin and satan or it's bound to christ and and holiness so uh, we don't necessarily do anything in and of ourselves so we have to understand that god is in complete control of all things and i don't understand what's so hard about that especially when we read things like this let's look at colossians chapter 1 verses 16 and 17 it says for by him this is christ all things were created in heaven and on earth visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities all things were created through him and for him and he is before all things and in him all things hold together this is very clear that christ reigns supreme that everything was created through christ we see that in john 1 as well everything was created for him and he is before all things and in him all things hold together now if this planet belonged to men only and we were able to rule and reign over it ourselves it would have been destroyed a long time ago because we would mess it up completely. But all things, this world, this planet belongs to God through Christ and is being held together by him. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 45, verses 7 through 9. I form light and create darkness. I make well-being and create calamity. I am the Lord who does all these things. Shower, O heavens, from above, and let the clouds rain down righteousness. Let the earth open that salvation and righteousness may bear fruit. Let the earth cause them both to sprout. I, the Lord, have created it. Woe to him who strives with him who formed him, a pot among earthen pots. Does the clay say to him who forms it, What are you making? 
or your work has no handles? Do you hear this? The sovereignty of God on full display here. What about Proverbs 16.33? This is the scripture I meant to go to a while ago. I went to 16.9. I thought it was 16.3, but it's actually 33. I want to read it here now. The lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. Why? Because he is in control of all things. What about Job and Job 42, verse 2? I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. That's just a few passages right there that show us the sovereignty of God and the supremacy of Christ and that he holds all things together, that he is in control of all things, not man. And as much as Jesse Duplantis and Chad Gonzalez would like to tell you that man is in control here on earth and God is not, that is a false statement, a false gospel. And this is something that is heretical and is not of the word of God. You must mark and avoid this man. And if you're listening in the Jonesboro area and you find yourself attending Awakened Church in Jonesboro, get out as fast as you can, please. And I will help you get out of there. I will help you understand why you need to flee this church. And we will get together. We'll have coffee. We'll have lunch. We'll have supper. We'll meet at the office, whatever we need to do. But I will walk through biblically why you do not belong to a prosperity church in any form or fashion. So please run from this church. And if you or somebody you know has been listening to Jesse Duplantis, flee from this man immediately. Let's keep going to see what he says. Now, if you want to know where he's in control, is in heaven. And in heaven, there's no killing. There's no mercy. There's no jealousy. There's no envy. There's no rape. There's no malice. There's no pornography. What do we got on the earth? We have all of those things, but they are a result of the fall in Genesis chapter 3 because the fall happened, the sin entered to the world because one man sinned, sin and death spread to all men, Romans chapter 5. We don't live in a perfect world the way God designed, but that does not mean that he is not in control of these things. It doesn't mean he's not in control of the world. It just means that we live in a fallen world. We live in the already not yet, we as believers. So we know that it, this hasn't been fully consummated, that we are not fully glorified as believers, but we know even as believers that we still sin because we live in the fallen world but that doesn't mean that God is not in control of all things it means that this world has been broken by sin the image of God in man has been distorted and when Jesus saves someone when we repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ that image of God is then starting to put back together in our lives and this is sanctification and eventually we will be glorified for all of eternity and we will look just like the way we were created we be in the image of God again sin has tainted and marred things but that did not remove the sovereignty of God here on earth Jesse Duplantis would have you believe that God is in control of all things in heaven and he has left man to be in control of things here that is what's wrong with the world right now is that man has elevated their position above God in their hearts and we have seen ourselves live in this fallen broken crazy world and we have tried to play God. And although we've tried to play God in our lives, we've messed this thing up really bad because of sin. God is still in control of every bit of it. It's the Bible that says God anoints and puts in kings. He removes kings. That means he puts presidents in. He takes presidents out. He puts in civil governors, civil uh, mayors, and different things. He, he, he is in control of all of that. So he has to be in control of everything else. Not just in heaven, but heaven and on earth. This is dangerous teaching, folks. You know who's in control here? We are. We are not.
we try to be and we make it worse because we don't surrender our lives to God who is in control. Even as believers, sometimes we miss this. We find ourselves not submitting our lives to Christ, not surrendering to the Lord, and we find ourselves living in a season of sin, which is in turn giving us grief and chaos. And our God is not a God of chaos and confusion, but when we surrender and submit to him, then we can walk in, a, in accordance to what he's called us and how he's called us to live. So we have to submit to the one that is in control. And when we try to say we're in control, we make things worse for ourselves. Jesse Duplantis is flat out wrong here, and he needs to be stopped. One day he will be, and if he doesn't repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, when he draws his last breath here on earth, he will stand in the judgment seat and be cast out for all of eternity. We even changed the, we changed the time a couple of weeks ago. We just changed it. said, okay, starting tomorrow, we're gaining an hour. We're falling back. Now, you think the gorilla said, now, how am I going to handle that? <laughs> you could change the time. Why don't you change your future? My God. A few minutes ago, he said our future didn't matter. I don't know if you caught that. But why are we now changing our future if we can change the time? He's talking about daylight savings time. That's nothing. That's kind of stupid in my, in my opinion. Why are we doing that anyway? That's still not taking 24 hours and going to 23 or going to 25. There are still 24 hours in a day. Guess who designed that? God. Well, you see, so it's determined by proportion of faith. And most people are not defeated for a lack of faith. They got enough to whip anything. Where they're defeated is an abundance of time. Satan will say, if I can delay this and push them, they'll say it doesn't work. No, don't take notes, I'm lady. I'm Jesse Duplantis, <laughs> and I approve this message. Give the Lord a hand clap for that. Come on, you can do better than that. Come on. And just like that, he closes his Bible, and the music starts playing, and... What are we going to have? Are we going to have a time of invitation? Are we going to have a time where he preaches the gospel? Let's see. Thank you. Thank you. Please. I want to read something to you and just play something. So I want I have partners that are children. Partners. That means they give money. <laughs> this is... Part of me wonders, if is this even a real letter by a child? Or if this some of it's made up? I don't know. Uh, but he's now using this time, after ending the message abruptly, to read a, a letter that a child sent him who's one of his partners, meaning he gives money to his ministry, and uh, has written Jesse Duplantis a letter. Now let's listen to this letter because there's some very troubling things in here, and this poor 13-year-old boy is uh, being led astray, to say the least. This is a letter from a 13-year-old. When they brought this to me, I just couldn't have, It's one of the most amazing. I want to read this to you. Listen to this. Dear Brother Jesse, I have been receiving your letters for a long time. He's 13. But it was only recently that I found out that they were mine. I always thought they were for my parents, but after looking at the address, we realized they were mine. Noticing that made me realize I had neglected to give my seed to your Falcon 7X plane. Now, I know God's no respecter person, so if Brother Kenneth Copeland can get a jet, so can you. This kid's something. Listen to it. Now, I may be only 13, but I have my own money. 
This letter was not my parents' idea. It was my own. I did all of this myself because I understand partnership. It doesn't say I understand the gospel and I want to sacrificially give to help out needs, but I understand partnership, so I'm going to give my own money to your Falcon plane. You're my second favorite preacher. <laughs> pastor Mac Hammond in, in Minneapolis is my favorite, and my pastor Dale Way, he's my third. And you know that brother Jerry Savelle? He's an honorable mention. Apparently this kid's pastor is his third favorite pastor. And let me just say this. If you are in a local church, I know that we have resources at our fingertips, YouTube videos, we have sermons, podcasts, books, uh, commentaries, all sorts of things. But let me just say this. If you are in a local church and your pastor is not your favorite pastor, then there is an issue there. You need to be giving your life to your church and submitting yourself to the leadership at your church not going outside and submitting yourself to, to leadership over the internet and YouTube and things like that. You need to really cultivate relationship with your pastor and your elders in your church, not others on TV or other so sorts of ministries. Uh, this kid, apparently his pastor is his third favorite. Should be his first, but uh, I digress. <laughs> so that helps. Watch this kid now. When I run for president in 2044... This kid's believing something here. When I run for president in 2044, I will use all the godly principles you, Kenneth, and the rest of the peanut gallery teaches. No, that's true. Peanut gallery. I don't mean to be rude, but this is just a sideshow. This is not biblical Christianity. This is not a biblical worldview. This is this is uh, uh, this is a, a really a tragedy, to say the least. I would love to be in the Believers Convention, but we're five hours away in Kerrville, Texas, and mom and dad's jobs won't allow time off right now. Plus, dad's boss believes that junk about those planes they said you had, which is not true. Tell Pastor George Pearson that I appreciate America Stands and that I think that David Barton, Pastor Greg Stefan, Tim Fox, Michelle Bachman, and Buddy Pilgrim should make a new show on the Believers Voice of Victory Television Network. Keep standing strong throughout all they say about you. Keep preaching with those funny stories. Well, keep preaching those funny stories, not the gospel. Uh, stop preaching, the, don't preach the gospel. That is the only way that people can be saved. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Uh, but keep preaching those funny stories because it makes us all laugh. It doesn't help us all be saved and grow in holiness and sanctification. So it's just, just preach those funny stories. That's all I have for this month. I will try to send a letter each month with my seed. God bless you and the United States of America. Can I pray a special prayer for you? Heavenly Father, I pray for people that may not know who you are. You said if they would believe with their heart and confess with their mouth that you rose from the dead, they would be saved. That, in a prayer at the end, that is the gospel. That is the actual scripture. I'm holding this young man's hand. You said if two of us agree, he's agreeing with me. That's not in context either. That's uh, in, the, in the context of church discipline, but I, another place, another time. I ask you to save people and bring people to all the churches represented tonight in this great awakened church. Lord, in the city, in the field, going in, going out, let finance come to them like a tsunami because they know how to handle it.
They don't fall in love with it. They just bless you with it and bless people with it. Thank you, Father, for saving people, healing people, and helping people. Now lift your hands up as an act of faith and just receive that today. Father, I thank you for it. I believe you for it. I call it done in Jesus' name. Now, I'm stopping it here. If you're listening to the audio, you might not be able to see this, but you can go on, on YouTube, Dr. Matters Podcast, and see this. Uh, I'm stopping it. I don't know how long we're, we're going now, but... Um, this is something that we, we did to Kenneth Copeland when they, they, they tell you to raise your hands and receive it. Uh, like you're just going to receive money and financial blessing and all sorts of things just by raising your hand and, and, and being partnered with them. Uh, just because Jesse Duplantis gets it, you're going to get it too. Uh, but I wanted to stop it right here just for a second. And I'm going to do something real quick. I'm going to look at at the number of people in here. Now it's not like hundreds and hundreds of people, but let's just let's just get an estimate here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, twenty. I would say there's probably a hundred people in here, maybe more. Um, this little 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 room there in is full. A hundred plus people have just been deceived. A hundred plus people in the city I live, the city I pastor, hundred plus people have just been deceived. They've heard one or two accurate things from the word, but they didn't hear the gospel. And when you get saved, apparently you're supposed to bless God with your finances because you're going to get a lot of it, and then you you give others your finances. But no mention of going to preach the gospel and make disciples as, as Christ commands us to in Matthew chapter 28. None of that. A hundred plus people here deceived by wolf in sheep's clothing. Actually, I think it's just a wolf in wolf's clothing, uh, or you can just say wolf in fancy clothing, uh, because this man has not preached the gospel. He has not preached the Bible. He is a heretic and is sending people to hell, just like Kenneth Copeland, just like the woman that said Jesus got in bed with her and, and played with her hair uh, and told her everything would be all right, just like Stephen Furtick, just like others that we're going to talk about. This man is leading people astray, and this must be something that drives us that care about biblical fidelity crazy because we know people that are sunk in. They, they have just given in to this ministry, and they are, they are neck deep in it. They will not listen to reason sometimes, but you must tell them, warn them, show them the scripture, show them this podcast. I know I'm nobody special. I know there's many people that have done even greater than things than this when it comes to calling out these false teachers. There's many guys that are doing a much better job than I am, but I think every platform needs to be doing this. Uh, so more people aren't deceived. Sadly, many people don't even go to church. They turn it on uh, on the television, and they, they get stuff like this. If they don't get Jesse Duplantis, they'll get another one. So, um, man, this, this picture just breaks my heart because there's over 100 people in here with their hands raised expecting to receive something that they just won't get, especially from Jesse Duplantis. Mighty name. I give the Lord a standing ovation. He deserves it. We've had incredible two days here at Jonesboro, Arkansas at Awaken Church. We had a powerful service tonight, uh, but right now we have a special uh, special interview for you guys. Uh, we have Brother Jesse and Miss Kathy about to talk to Pastor Chad and Lacey, so I'm going to get out the way and let them take it. What we love about these people, they know how to dream. You know, and dreams have no expiration dates. That's what's so wonderful about it. Now, Kathy, you're the one that talked to us about 
about Chad and Lacey. You're the first one that told me about it. Yes, we heard about them through our dear friend, uh, Ray Jean Wilson, and we heard how they, they like to dream big and they want to connect with people who dream big. And I think it's great because God connects people on purpose for his purpose. Amen. And, and you know, God dreamed big when he thought of us. That's right. And, and that's God's plan. Well, you know, uh, Chad, I saw the video that you did and Lacey, now tell me if I'm wrong in this, uh, Lacey's the one told you to give all the tithe for a Sunday to our ministry. Uh, what did you, and you went, whoa, look, we got to yeah, pray about this. Yeah, we needed that. I mean, <laughs> for sure. Know, we just found out from the from the, uh, the general contractor right. that we were actually going to be about 350000 short of what we actually needed. Right. We just found that out, and then we had found out, uh, no, no, yeah, about the offering. So you decided to do the offering, right? Yeah. And it was after it was that. It's to do the offering to sow because we saw you believe in big. And, and I've always seen that God always leads. If you're believing something big, he leads you to sow into somebody else believing big. Right. right. And so that's what we did. But then about three weeks It was like two or three we weeks later, yeah, we found out that one of the staff, one of the staff that, that oversees the finance just hadn't been paying the finance. And we found out we were 20000 in the hole. Good bills hard. hadn't paid. <laughs> and the taxes were due that we were finding out about. Mm -hmm. So, you know. What a way to start the thing off, yeah. step out in faith and so, and then we turn around and get that news on top of what we were already dealing with. Right. But, you know, one thing led to another and uh, we're sitting here and everything's yeah. paid for. And this is, we're here for the first night, the first night. in the first building. In They're building. still under construction, but they, all their team came together and they, so that we can have our service tonight. And it's such a and, blessing. And you know what was so amazing, Kathy? When we first found out about them, they were in debt. Now you're looking at all this, they're debt free. It's paid for. And this is just the beginning. What are you believing for? Now, you think God did that to Jesse DePlanis and Chad because he likes us more than he likes you? But if that be the case, then he would be a respecter of person. But he's not. So what are you believing for? See, so I decided, Kathy said, you need to go to Jonesboro, Arkansas. And I've been preaching almost every day for quite a few weeks here. And I said, I got to go. And I, Lisa, I want to thank you for obeying God. Because when I found that out, it wasn't there. And y'all sent like a nice chunk of money. I'm telling you, it was nice. But what it was is that you believed God. And, and you needed the money because you didn't know you're $20,000 in the hole. But what happened is now it's paid for. And this is just the beginning. Just the start. You know, I told the people when I was preaching today, the reason why so many people need finance is because they don't know how much money they want. Now, if you really think about that, see, they're just thinking about their needs. So they go from need to need to need, to need, they're always struggling. Now, when you get to heaven, you don't deal with need. Well, people say, well, that's when we get to heaven, but no. Bible said his will be done where? On earth, or in earth as it is in heaven. So we should be living right here on earth, in earth, just like we would be in heaven today. Now, did you ever think that this place would be paid off so quick? I've had enough. Y'all, I've done. I'm done with Jesse. I hope you are too. Um, this is bad. We have to sound the alarm. We've got to get away from Jesse Duplantis. We have got to warn our family. This man has just said that we shouldn't struggle on earth, that we should not live paycheck to paycheck, that we should not have any suffering, so to speak. And that's one thing that these false teachers would like for you to believe, that we shouldn't suffer. But the Bible teaches us that any man or woman that desires to live a godly life in Christ will suffer. Uh, the Bible tells us that we must count the cost. The Bible also says that this present suffering that we are now experiencing pales in comparison to the glory we will receive uh, on that day, Romans 8.18 teaches us. So we see in the scriptures, look at Job. 
Job suffered greatly, lost a lot, and God did restore things, but he still suffered greatly, lost a lot of things and that were near and dear to his heart. But the Bible does not call us to prosperous, materialistic, uh, healthy, and wealthy lifestyles. The Bible calls us to suffer for the name of Christ, to be a martyr, if need be, for the name of Christ, and to never recant, to never back down. And he doesn't call us to go out and make millionaires. The Bible calls us to go out and make disciples. So we have got to put away this false teaching. He ripped Luke chapter 5 apart, and he did not do a good thing when he ripped it apart. He ripped it apart out of context. He used he just barely hit Luke chapter 5, ripped it out of context, and then went into sowing seeds and being a blessing and being connected to him and getting money. So you need to be connected to people that are getting money so that you you can receive what they've been receiving because if God blesses them and you're connected to them, then you'll be blessed too. That is not what the Bible teaches. That is not what Luke 5 teaches. Again, Luke 5 and the whole rest of the book of Luke, as well as the totality of the scriptures, point to Christ. It's Christ, not man, that the Bible is about. Unfortunately, we we see this all too often in, in many different arenas in many different uh, places. So I want to warn you and encourage you not to listen to Jesse Duplantis. This is another one that you need to mark and avoid. And if you have any questions, feel free, reach out to me, Doctrine Matters Podcast, all lowercase, no spaces, Doctrine Matters Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, I will help you understand why you need to leave this guy. If this hour-long video did not give you some insight as to why you need to run and flee this man, uh, I will give you some more. Uh, just reach out to me. You can leave a comment in the YouTubes. The, the YouTubes. You can leave a comment on YouTube in the comments section. Or you can leave a comment on Facebook. You can even find me on my own personal Facebook. Again, my name is Stephen Dew. I am the preaching pastor, uh, the teaching elder at South Carolina Baptist Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas, right here where Jesse DePlantis came to told us to dream big. Uh, I didn't attend this, but I did listen to it and have listened to it a couple of times and have been just as equally disgusted every time. So I hope you have been too, because this has not been the gospel of Jesus Christ. This has not been the word of God that is rightly divided to the people that needed to hear it most. Uh, there were over 100 people that left that night deceived, and I only pray that they would find themselves in a biblical church. And if, again, you are part of Awakened Church or any church like this, please reach out to me, and I'd be glad to help you get out of that church and find you a solid biblical church that exalts Christ, that gives God glory and builds one another up through the Word of God. Uh, if you are in Jonesboro, Arkansas, and you find yourself in a church like this, if you find yourself at Awakened Church, maybe, or if you find yourself in a church that is not a biblical and you would like to find a biblical church, I would love to help you. I'd love for you to reach out. I'd love to sit down with you. I'd love to communicate with you and just see about getting you into a solid Bible-believing church. So, uh, I hope this has been helpful to you. I hope it's been beneficial. Uh, again, any questions, thoughts, concerns, feel free to leave comments or reach out. And until next time, God bless.